and welcome to Soul Talk with Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel. Rabbi Aaron, we talk a lot about God, and God is the creator of the universe, creator of the world, creator of mankind. God is so huge, and yet I was thinking the other day when I was saying my blessings, um, we say them so often throughout the day, Baruch Atah Hashem, blessed are you, God. And I was like, we talk to God as you, not even in the third person, it's you, God. And it reminded me that part of the idea is just that God created the world, God out there, but it's about having this personal relationship with God. And it's something that I'm striving to develop, but it just made me pause to think, um, how how can we develop this personal relationship with the God who is so almighty, so great? How do we go about de- developing that personal relationship? Excellent question as usual. Um, I think, uh, the question isn't how do we develop it, but how do we reveal it? Because uh-huh. it's already there. Uh, it's just we're not recognizing it. Why are we not recognizing it? Because we are all under the impression that God is someone somewhere way over there, far away. And how can I have a personal relationship with a God who is so far away. And um, it seems like a, a long distance phone call. So um, there's, a, there's a number of um, ways to go about revealing this. The so first of all is understanding how, how present God can be in our lives because um, most people think that God is an infinite being Uh, And that's actually uh, an incorrect way to describe God because infinite is still within space. The infinite goes on and on and on and on in space, but the infinite is in space. Um, And people think that God is eternal. And that's also problematic because eternal is still a, a, a reality in time. Eternal is that which or one who continues to go on and on and on and on and on in time. When we describe God as the creator of time and space, that means that God transcends time and space, is not in any way confined by the rules of time and space, which means that God can be above time and in every single moment at the same time. And so that God is present 100% in this very moment, right? And God can be above, you know, God is not in any way subject to the laws of space. So that means that while God is beyond space, he can be in every millimeter of space, you know, in his entirety. So the fact that we first need to philosophically understand how present God actually can be, that God is 100% here and now, right here, right now, all the time, uh, and, and that's, that's already a, a huge understanding of that God can be and is present in my life 100% in this moment, in this place, right now. So what's amazing about your description is 
you're talking about how God is so beyond time and space, which is important because I always think of the idea of God as being infinite and eternal. As you're pointing out a very good point, that God created time and space, so he has to be outside of it, which means God is beyond infinite and beyond eternal, which touches on the part of God that feels so unrelatable, so untouchable, so unknowable. And yet when you say God is here right now in this very moment, in this very time and space, that's the aspect of the God that I'm trying to get to connect to and relate to. Right. And but but first we need to philosophically understand how that is possible. Because as long as we think that God is infinite, well, so the infinite is not going to squeeze into this into this room. And as long as we think that God is eternal, we're not going to think that the eternal is going to be compressed into this moment. But when we understand that God transcends the limitations of time and space and doesn't play by and doesn't need to play by the rules, is not confined by the rules of time and space, then as much as we can say that God transcends and is beyond time and space, he can equally and simultaneously be 100% here and now. Mm, Okay. That helps. And that's... And that's the God being here and now is the part of God the I'm God supposed to say, connect to. When you ah. say blessed are you, you can only say you to someone who is in the room. We talk about him or her. Uh, these are people that are we're not addressing uh, directly and are not immediately present to us right now. We're not facing them. Um, but when we when we speak to God as a you. Uh, that's quite uh, a, a big uh, leap for a lot of people philosophically, because how can I say to you, to someone who is uh, not here and not now? Mm. So that really is powerful and helps and brings my point even in, uh, makes a stronger point in the idea that we're constantly throughout the day when you're saying blessings and in prayers, talking to God as you which means, and I like appreciate the way you're explaining that God is actually here, right here, right now. And I guess the challenge then with creating that personal relationship is when there's a person in my life who's constantly here and now, and I'm talking to and connecting to, I see them. Whereas God is, presence is probably obviously more real than even the people that I see. But at the same time, because I'm a human being and I don't see God being right here, right now, that I think that's where maybe for me the challenge of having that personal personal relationship comes in. Well, so but, but but think of it this way. Who do you know in the most direct way to be present in your life? It's yourself. Hmm. You know, and you've never seen yourself. You've only seen a reflection in the mirror. But you will never see yourself. You cannot see yourself because you're doing the seeing. And um and so so the fact that I can't see God shouldn't diminish uh, the sense of his presence in my life uh, because I can't even see myself and I'm the one that I experience most my presence. Hmm. Uh, in, in addition to that, uh, it's, it, it's, it's people think that the reason why they can't see God is because he's so far away again. He's not present. He's not here. He's not now. And that's why I can't see him. He's, so far away but the reason why you can't see god is not because he's so far away it's because he's so close and not just so close to your eyes but so close because he is the source of your eyes 
for the same reason you can't see yourself. You can't see God because God is the self of yourself. He is the source of all seeing. The seer cannot see himself. The source of all seeing cannot be seen. But you can experience the presence of God by marveling over the very fact that you're able to see it all and realizing that you didn't teach yourself how to see and and you are not the source of seeing. Hmm. Well, <laughs> you start to think of it that way. In a certain sense, it almost sounds like the more I can connect to God is within me, the more I connect to that aspect of God within me, the more I can connect to God, which actually makes me brings me to another question because, I mean, all of us have worked to get to connect to ourselves, have an internal conversation in my head, trying to clarify my thoughts, let's say. But there's times where I'll be, so to speak, talking to God, and I'll have certain thoughts that pop into my head. Is that God speaking to me? Or is that me in my own head? How do I have a sense, especially as you're explaining that God is so close, that's why I can't see him, because he's in me. How do I differentiate between who I am, where the part, the voice in my head is me versus God, especially when I'm trying to create a relationship? Well, this is the rule of thumb that I that I believe in, that any positive thought that drops into your head is is a thought that comes from God. Any negative thought that comes from in your head is uh, is 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 a challenge, but it's not it's not a thought that comes from God. Now, actually, maybe it's a thought that comes from God that's challenging you, but essentially. How do I know I'm hearing the voice of God? The voice of God is the voice of positivity, the voice of goodness and compassion, the voice of peace, the voice of justice, the voice of truth. And when you hear that voice inside yourself, a little voice inside you, you know, encourages you to, 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 to be kinder and more compassionate in a healthy way, of course. Uh, that's uh, what I would call the, the, the voice of God. And in order to hear that voice, how can, I mean, I feel like so often, even when we have quiet moments, we're so distracted with life, with music, with noise, with vision, with, how do we connect to that more? I think we have to ask better questions. In other words, I think we have to be, when we're in a situation, we should pray and ask, please, Hashem, God, you know, how can I be more compassionate in the situation? And, and, I, and I think there, there's, there, we might not get the answer, but we certainly won't get the answer if we don't ask the question. Mm. And I think we have to get used to asking those questions and turning to God and asking, you know, meaningful questions. You know, very often the question people ask is, why me, God? And I don't know anybody that's ever gotten that answer. But I think if we rather than ask the question, why me, God, and ask this question, what can I do in this situation to make the best of it? That's a better question. And that I think there's a greater chance that an idea will pop into your head or a conversation will happen with your friend and suddenly your friend will say something that will be shockingly revealing and say, whoa, there's God speaking through my friend. And, you know, and, um, you know, you'll, 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 you'll pass a, a billboard and suddenly it exactly tells you what, what you needed to, to see and hear. And, you know, and so God has very many ways to talk to us. And, but the first thing is to open ourselves up to listen. And, and I believe that the beginning of that listening is by asking good questions, mm. productive questions. 
you know, from everything you're sharing, God is here in every moment. It's making me realize that God is always here, but if I don't ask the question, I won't get the answer. So it's really, when I talk about uh, how to develop a personal relationship with God, it really is up to me to actually have a desire to want to and put the effort into and the thought into having that relationship. Because if I don't ask the question, then the answers, and if I don't open up my eyes to see possible answers of God sending me messages, I'm not going to see it, even though it it can't exist. It will be there. God would be happy to give me direction. It really is up to me to be the one to ask the questions and ask God to come into my life in order to sense his presence. Right. But even when I ask God to come into my life, I've just basically said that he's not in my life and I have to ask him to come into my life. Mm. I would prefer that we ask him to be more obviously in my life because I know you're in my life. You're here. You're now. You're always Help me open my eyes to see that, to feel that, and to respond to that. And I'll give you, I'll give you a metaphor. I did an animation that I uh, posted on YouTube. Uh, and it's basically two drops in the ocean. And one drop uh, is uh, depressed because his girlfriend, Bubbles, just dumped him uh, because he doesn't believe in the ocean. And she can't, you know, she can't continue on with a guy like that who, who's so shallow and doesn't, you know, doesn't believe in the ocean. And his friend says, what do you mean you don't believe in the ocean? He said, well, show me the ocean and I'll believe. And his friend says, we're drops in the ocean. The reason why he can't see the ocean is not because he's too far. It's because he's too close. And we're, we're a part of the ocean. So his friend says, what were drops in the ocean? How depressing. He says, no, there's nothing more joyous than feeling, there's no greater feeling than feeling part of the greater. And so, so here's this drop saying, well, how do I feel the presence of the ocean in my life? How did you not feel the presence of the ocean in your life? First of all, he is your life because you are a piece of the ocean. Uh, the ocean is in you and you're in the ocean, you know, at least, uh, you know, and so, so that's why it's not about, please, God, come into my life. It's, please, God, I know you're in my life. Help me become mindful of that truth that is already and always. Hmm. So that's very interesting because when I'm asking how to have a personal relationship with God, the point is our relationship with God exists whether or not we put effort into it or not. But the quality of the relationship will depend, it sounds like, on me because God's presence is always here. But if I don't pull back to see it. And it's because it's so close. That's such a powerful example of the drops in the ocean that we're a part of it. And God is a part of, we're part of God is my understanding of that. But because it's so close, we don't always see it. But if we're not having a, a regular communication with God and turning towards God and being opening up our eyes to recognize the presence of God in our life, even though he exists, um, the relationship exists, but the quality of the relationship, if it's lacking, it's because of me. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably share with you a story about a friend of mine who's a rabbi, and he was uh, walking with an elderly woman who was very upset about her son's new embracement, embracing of Judaism. And she angrily said to my friend, I don't believe in God. And my friend said, well, so then don't. And she was taken aback by that because everyone she said that to would either try to convince her, or persuade her, or debate her. And here this rabbi just said to her, well, then don't. And she said, well, how can you say that? You're a rabbi. He said, listen, if you want to live in a godless world, go ahead. You know, and so people need to understand that what you believe is what you receive. Mm. And uh, and so 
the presence of Hashem can be here, is, is here and now and always and already. Now the question is, do I open my mind and my heart and my eyes to see that truth and to invite that truth to become more obvious to me in my life? So I think we've spoken about this before, but it really brings to mind the power of mindfulness because I think you gave the example of the beating heart, my breath, if just looking at the way my hands function, meaning the more I pay attention to what already exists, even within me, the more in awe and more connected I can feel to the one who created me. And if I just live my life never thinking about these things, and I, there's a disconnect, even though it's all there, there's a disconnect, unfortunately, and I'm the one who loses out. Well, you know, the, the, the Torah describes God as saying that he is your life. And people think that we're meant to take that figuratively, like art is my life, music is my life. But when the Torah says God is your life, it, it, I, it's being literal. God is your life. If you want to feel God in your life, just take your pulse, because that's not you beating your heart. And that life force that is pouring through you and, and flowing through you, it's not you. It, it, it is God is life, even though life isn't God, because God is even greater than life. The God is life. And when a person feels life and feels alive, that's called feeling the presence of God. Hmm. But it sounds like what's essential, though, is recognizing this. This is the important piece that you're bringing in here is that when I feel alive, ultimately, I am feeling alive because God is giving me life and God is in my life and infusing me with life. But when I recognize that, that creates that relationship. If I don't think about the fact that that's where all this is coming from, then I miss out on that relationship, even though the facts are the facts. Right. But I do want to just clarify some things that we need to understand about the nature of a relationship. For there to be a relationship, there has to be two opposite, apparently mutually exclusive elements. Uh, one is that I'm not you, mm. but the other one is we're connected. Because if if I am you and you're me, then we don't have a relationship. If I'm not you and you're not me, but we're not connected, then we don't have a relationship. So for there to be a relationship, there has to be, I have to understand that I'm not God, but I am connected to God. And that's a relationship. Hmm. That's actually a very powerful and important clarification. So I'm not God, I'm connected to God. And depending on how much uh, the, the level of that connection, though, to a great degree, it sounds like though depends on me even more than it would depend on God, because what you said earlier is God is present in every moment. So when I connect to God as being present in this moment of my life, I'm building this relationship with him. And when it's not something that I think about, process, talk to, connect to, then that relationship is, you know, that moment isn't part of the, my building that relationship with God. Right. And going back to the drop. You know, the drop is not the ocean, but it's connected to the ocean. And that's why I can have a relationship with the ocean. Hmm. Well, I want to thank you, Rabbi, because I think at least for myself, and I'm sure for those listening, this really gives a whole new perspective on what, first of all, what a relationship is in general, let alone the relationship we can develop with God. And I think it really also helps us understanding and connecting to the core of who I am. And then when I get to that point, I can also then come out and understand the um, how to have this connection a core connection with God who is infused within every moment, every second in my very being. I want to thank you all for joining us. Soul Talk, Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel.